Bibles. Get ready. We are in uh, the Blessed Life Week 2. I'm not going to give you what we're going to talk about, but I'm going to maybe uh, just kind of make you chuckle a little bit. Uh, Some of you that are in middle school, high school, or college right now will really, really understand this, but uh, some of you may remember because maybe it was a long time ago. Uh, Maybe it wasn't too long ago. For me, it was a while ago. But um, how many of you, when you were sitting in school, you go to class, and uh, you have one of those moments where the teacher says, okay, put everything away. We're going to take a test, and your response is... What test, right? That's the title of the message. What test? As you can tell, I didn't do well in school, so I did well. I, I got by. That's, that was me. I got by. And so what test? And that, that's, really, that's the title of our message today is, uh, you know, every, every actually, uh, how many of you uh, get paid once a month? Bi-weekly? Twice a month? Don't get paid at all? We're praying for you. We're standing. No, I'm just kidding. We know many of you are working harder than us that actually go to work at home and those kind of things. But um, every time you get paid, do you know this? You take a test. You take a test. And really, the test is this. Uh, It's really, whom are you thankful to for what you have? Who are you thanking? Are you thanking yourself? Are you thanking your employer? Or maybe a better question is this. Who do you give your worship to? And so you take a test every time you get paid. And, uh, and I know this would be a different message than some of you. Maybe you're coming into the church. But uh, I want to share about tithing because I believe it's such an instrumental blessing to every single one of us. Uh, this isn't, and, and please hear me on this, this isn't because the church needs more money. Uh, God has really blessed us as a church. That's not what it's about. But really, uh, I'm not ashamed to teach about tithing because if I don't, uh, it would be a, a huge disservice as a pastor if I don't teach you about tithing because there's such blessing that is released from the Lord. There's something that he does supernaturally that none of us can do. And so I want to I talk to you about tithing, but I, I really want this to be a help. And so maybe you're here today and you're not tithing, and that maybe that's not a, a normal, ordinary practice you do. Uh, I believe this will really help you. And, and again, this is, uh, this is not about, uh, look, uh, God is the Lord of everything, including our finances. So every part of our life. This is really about our hearts. We talked about that last week in week one of the series, about our heart being set on the Lord in all areas, including our finances. So there's just an amazing, tangible blessing that tithing does in our lives. And that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, So in Malachi 3, uh, we're going to start there in Malachi 3. And uh, I want to just kind of start off with reading that scripture. It's really an amazing scripture about, uh, and it's God talking. So I I love that about Malachi 3. This is the Lord speaking. This isn't something that I made up or the church made up. This is the Lord speaking uh, to Israel and to us today. Here's where it starts in verse 6. It says, For I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. O sons of Jacob, yet for the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and you've not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall I return? So let's just stop there for a second. First of all, uh, in the Hebrew text, okay, so I don't, uh, I don't know, maybe there's one of you in here that's got a Hebrew Bible and you're reading it. Okay, I, I can't read Hebrew, but I do like to go and look at the Hebrew meanings and the Hebrew words. And, and really, uh, the What's really amazing in the Hebrew is, is the tense or the way it magnifies a certain portion or word or a focus of the context of, of that scripture. Anytime you see the Lord speaking, it's magnified in the Hebrew. Now, in the English, it says, uh, you know, the, says the Lord of hosts or 
uh, or it's, it's mine, or it's holy to me, all right? So we read those things, but uh, maybe we don't elevate them in, uh, in passion, or, uh, but in the Hebrew, it's really elevated. It's really prominent in the verse. It's actually standing out at you saying, look, says the Lord of hosts, because God wants you to know he's speaking. And so uh, I say all that because I want you to see there's many times and many scriptures that we're going to read today where it's elevated, where the Lord is saying, hey, look, this is holy to me, this is important to me, or this is mine, or says the Lord of hosts, and that's, that should be magnified. Anytime God speaks to us, that should be magnified. And so I just want to say that because maybe in your English Bibles, that's not elevated, but I want, to make, I want you to make sure to see how much God is really speaking and what the important part of the verses are. All right, so, uh, so who's speaking? The Lord is speaking. Okay, here we go. Verse 8. He says, Will a man rob God? For yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? And he said, in tithes and offerings, you're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And again, that would be the elevated part, in my house, and try me now in this. Again, that would be elevated in the Hebrew. Says the Lord of hosts, that would also be elevated in the Hebrew. If I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out you such blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of the ground, nor shall the veil find, uh, fail to bear fruit for, the, for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Again, elevated. All the nations will call you, everyone say blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Again, elevated. And so God is really speaking powerfully and prominently, and in a, uh, not in an arrogant fashion, but in a, in a fashion that he wants you to understand this principle. And I love how he says ordinances. In the Bible, or in the, in the, especially in uh, the Hebrew, or the Jews, and Israel, ordinances were very important. And they still are today, by the way. So they didn't go away. An ordinance is an ordinary principle of behavior. So uh, I think I put that on the screens for you. An ordinance is a, an ordinary principle of behavior. So tw- tithing should be an ordinary principle of behavior for every believer of God. Uh, but in this case, Israel and many of us have went away from tithing. We've went away from that ordinary principle of behavior. And God says, look, uh, you've went away from it. You've, you've left me in this area, and I want you to return. And so he's really trying to get us to understand. Again, we're all being tested. God tests our hearts, all right? He's testing our hearts. We make it about money, okay? How many of you said, I can't afford to tithe? My hand's up, by the way. I'm telling you. I can't afford to tithe. Look, I think we've all said this. All of us have come to a choice to whether we tithe or not. And so I'm going to speak to you later in the message. I don't want you to feel condemned, okay? That's not my point. In fact, there's no condemnation in Christ. This isn't to condemn you, but maybe the Holy Spirit's challenging you or convicting you to take this step of faith. But the reality is, you may struggle in an area like tithing, and I won't. I don't struggle with tithing anymore. I did at one point, but I don't anymore. It's, it's an area that I've trusted God in, and I'm, I'm joyful and glad to bring my tithe to the house of the Lord every, every week or bi-weekly or monthly or however you get paid. I'm joyful to do that. But that's not to say that I don't struggle with another area that you're doing well at. The principle is, is that we understand that we always are giving our heart to the Lord in every area, whether it's tithing, whether it's something that we're in bondage to, maybe it's our marriages, maybe it's uh, you know, our mouths and our words, whatever it is, we should always have our hearts open to the Lord. And the Lord is saying, look, tithing is, it, first of all, it's mine. Notice in Malachi, it doesn't say give the tithe. What does it say? Bring the tithe to the storehouse. By the way, you always bring your tithe to the house where God is feeding you. 
In our case, it's the church, but you would, in those days, you'd bring it to the temple. In those days, you'd bring it, when they were portable, you'd bring it to the, uh, the portable temple that they had at that time. Uh, and even before that, before it was portable, before even Israel began, before Israel got a name, you tied to the high priest. You would bring it to the high priest, okay? So always, 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 the ordinary principle was you, you're bringing the tithe. You know, we like to look at it and say, well, we're bringing it to a person. No, you're bringing it to the Lord. It's his tithe, by the way. It's his tithe. It's holy. It's set apart for him. Now, God doesn't need your money. This isn't about money. It's about our hearts. It's making, it's making sure that we don't have a stronghold with finances and money and things and stuff that mammon isn't our God, that we're not worshiping mammon. And that'll be another, another uh, uh, part of this Blessed Life series. We'll talk about that. But we're making sure that, and one way to overcome greed and selfishness, as we talked about last week, is by bringing the tithe recognizing it's all his, recognizing that the gifts and talents, you know, you couldn't have the job that you have if God didn't give you the gifts and talents. Before you were born, he blessed you. Before you were born, he gave you the abilities. Before you were born, he gave you the gifts and talents. Before you were born, he gave you the mind, the thoughts, the things that you have inside of you to make everything that you see and have possible. He gave it to you. It's all he created you. And so that's why the question is, who do you worship? Who do you give thanks to? Every time you get that paycheck, God, thank you. That's what I love about the tithe because it gives you an opportunity. Every time you get paid, Lord, thank you. Thank you. And I'm glad to bring you my tenth, my tithe back. Okay, so that's, that's kind of the, the context that we're talking about. Now, um, my pastor, he's uh, somebody I look to. He's really helped mold me and shape me. He had a conversation with the Lord one time about this verse, Malachi chapter 3, and I, I love it. I want to share you the conversation because it was really funny. We laughed about it, but it was also very powerful. <laughs> kind of like what uh, Justin said at communion. It was like mind-blowing, right? He died on the hill that he created. That's just mind-blowing, isn't it? And so this is one of the conversations my pastor had with the Lord. And he said, Lord, I just read Malachi 3. It's a very important principle in his life as well. And he said, that, man, I love this, but as a pastor, I, I get so many questions from, uh, from believers, really. I mean, the unbelievers aren't coming and asking about tithing, it's the believers. He said, I get so many questions from believers about this being an Old Testament principle, and it's no longer a New Testament principle. And Lord, you put it in Malachi chapter 3, which is the last book in the Old Testament. Couldn't you have just, it only, it's only 15 verses away from Matthew. Couldn't you have just shifted it from Malachi 3 to Matthew chapter 1 or 2? Just a, few, just a little bit more. To, could he, it would have made my life a lot easier if you put it in the New Testament. And the Lord uh, said, I put it exactly where I want it. And I, you know, my pastor is very humble. He said, that's all I need. Thank you, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it just answers a lot of questions. It would help me with a lot of, a lot of people that have questions. And so, uh, but I, I wanted to help you as well. Maybe you have a lot of questions about tithing. First of all, let me give you my first point. Tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. You know, what test? Well, tithing is a test. Every time God blesses you, whether financially it's an increase, whether it's uh, in your marriage or with your kids, your first response should be, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Marriage, we think that we uh, got our spouse to fall in love with us, which, you know, there was a part we played, but the Bible's very clear. It's the Lord that brought you together, and what he brought together, let no man separate. So there's just this eternal or this global, God is so much bigger than we are. He says, look, I'm part of your life in every way. And so acknowledge me in all your ways. Acknowledge me in all of your heart your mind, your strength, your soul, everything that you are, 
we worship God. And so tithing is a test. It's a test of our hearts. God says, I want you to give, or I want you to bring the tithe to my house. I want you to bring the tithe to me. I want you to put me first in this area. Uh, you ever thought about, well, tithe, if you don't know, tithe means tenth. And the Hebrew, that's what it means. It means tenth. Bring a tenth to me. Bring a tenth to my house. And so why a tenth? You ever ask that question? Why a tenth? One out of ninth or an eighth or a fifth or a fourth or a third? But let me just say this. The government takes a lot more than a tenth, right? Amen. And we don't complain. Oh, well, maybe we do complain about that. But I don't want to give them any more than I have to. But what's amazing is, is it's a joy to give God a tenth, to give your tithe. It's, there's such a joy. And if you're a tither, you get it, you understand it. But if you're here today and you haven't made that step, there's so much joy that I can't, uh, I can't even tell you what it feels like until you take that step of faith. There's just so much that God does when you take that step. Uh, but why a tenth? And, and I thought about that. And I, I wish I, uh, it may be a question that we ask God Lord later on and when we get to eternity. But, um, but here's a few things that I thought. First of all, a tenth, I love that he makes it a percentage, right? Because whether you make millions of dollars or you make a thousand dollars, a tenth is a tenth. It doesn't matter how much you make, right? It's, kinda, it's equal. It's fair across the board, right? Uh, it's fair for all of us. And so uh, I like that it, it doesn't, it's about all of our hearts. It doesn't matter what our measure is. Uh, the source is the same. God is our source. He's the one that blessed all of us. We all have different measures, but it doesn't matter. The gratitude and the thankfulness and the appreciation should all go back to the one that gave it all to you. So that's, that's one reason why I, I think it's a great idea. The second one is this, is, um, is in the Bible, 10 is represented as testing. I don't know if you ever realized that in the Bible. Uh, in fact, we're going to take a test right now. We're going to see how you do. But I think, you know, if you don't know much about the Bible, you'll catch on really quick. There's a pattern here. I think you'll understand. Okay, you'll, you'll, you'll get it. You'll figure it out. You know, A, B, C, D, you'll, you'll get the answer. I think you'll figure it out. All right, so we're going to take a test. But 10 in the Bible is, uh, is a, it really is a symbol of testing. And let me show it to you. So we'll take this test together. You ready? You ready? Anybody nervous? This is a good time. You got to go to the bathroom. It's a good time. But I, I think you'll get. I think you'll get 100. All right. I think you'll get 100. percent I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. How many plagues were in Egypt? Ten. Ten. There we go. That's good. Right. So there's your first. Your first. Everyone. Everyone get it right. All right. So the better way to answer this question actually is uh, we know it as plagues, but really what God says, if you go back and read it, uh, is. Uh, God tested Pharaoh's heart 10 times. So look, this is about the heart. This isn't about uh, finances or money, but this is a test. I love when you look in the Bible and you see 10, it's a test. He tested Pharaoh's heart 10 times. He gave him many opportunities to worship God. He gave him many opportunities to say, okay, God, I'm sorry. But he didn't, so there's 10 plagues, and that's how we remember 10 plagues. But really, God tested his heart 10 times. He gave him 10 times to repent. Imagine that. Uh, I know we needed many more than that sometimes, some of us, many of us, at least I did anyway. How many commandments are they? Hey, you get the pattern? All right, good. I think you got it. Now, some of these now, these next ones, you may not know the answer, but I think you're going to figure it out. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Ten. If you didn't know the answer, go ahead now. Ten. There you go. We got, we got a, little bit, a little bit louder and more passionate next time. Here we go. You ready? How many times was Jacob's wages changed? Yes. Good. How many days was Daniel tested? Yes. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? Yes. 
Okay, you got it now. You get in the pattern. How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? How many disciples were there? No, there was 12. There was, I'm just testing you. I'm just testing you. There was 12. There was 12. I'm just testing you. Ah, see some of you. You might want to be careful who you sit next to in class. That's all I'm saying. All right, here we go. <laughs> all right, well, let me give you some other. That's just a fun way to look at it. But 10 in the Bible is used as testing, and we see that all through the scriptures. But, so that maybe that's a reason. I don't know the exact reason, except for uh, I trust God. And so whatever he says is a blessing. And I think if we looked at Malachi just as a simple passage, here's, here's the simplicity. I'm a simple guy. I'm not a real smart guy. I'm just a simple guy. But I like simple principles. And here's, here's a principle, that if I tithe, I'm under the blessing and protection of God. And if I don't, I'm cursed. Now, again, I'm not a smart man, but I would choose blessing any day. I would choose blessing over curse any day. And the Lord says simply, I just want you to tithe. Stop robbing me. And so I had that part of my life where I was robbing God. I was taking what was his and I was using it for myself. And I've also had a time where I was cursed. And, I, and I, now I look back and go, I see it playing as day. But in the moment, I couldn't. You know, I made excuses like maybe many of you have. I can't afford to tithe. Let me give you a bombshell. You ready? If you're not writing this down, you might want to. This is really good. I can't afford to tithe. If you don't tithe, you'll never be afforded to tithe. Why? Because God says you're cursed, and now you're opening your life, your family, your treasures, and your resources, you're opening them to the devourer, he says. But when you tithe, it says the Lord stands in between you and the devourer, and he rebukes the devourer on your behalf. Isn't that interesting? Again, I'm not a simple man, but I take... I would rather have Jesus standing in between me and the devourer speaking on my behalf than me trying to grind it out myself and trying to fight the curse and trying to overcome the curse. But at the end of the day, if we don't tie the one to the curse, someone's going to take your money from you. It's going to leave your bank account. The devourer is going to take it out of your account one way or the other. And so how many of you know? Oh, that's broke and that broke and then that... They need money, and they need money, and then you don't have enough money to cover. And so tithing is one of those principles where you begin to trust God, and you begin to see him blessed. And it's not so much dollar, if you give this much, I'm going to give you that much in return. Look, God says, I'm going to open the windows from heaven, and I'm going to bless you. Look, it could be financially. It could be with a job. It could be with a promotion. It could be with children. It could be something. Look, it doesn't matter. God, I'm open to all of your blessings. Anything you want to give me, I, Lord, I am open, and I trust you in all areas, including financially. I am a, it's a joy to bring back the tithe, and I love that you're standing on my behalf rebuking the devourer. Jesus, thank you. Here's the uh, second, I guess, uh, obstacle that pastors have to overcome, and I hope this helps you. Uh, but Jesus bore the curse of the law, so I, don't, so I can't be cursed as a Christian. Jesus bore the curse of the law, so I can't be cursed as a Christian. Is that true? Is it true Jesus bore the curse of the law? Yes. He did. So as a Christian, because he bore that curse, I no longer can receive curses, or I can no longer receive consequences. Is that true? No, absolutely not. Think about it. Did he also bear our sins on the cross? Can you sin as a believer? Yes. Is there a consequence when you sin? Yes. yes. How about this one? Did he bear our sicknesses? Yes. Anybody sick right now? Yes. Anybody sick yesterday, day before? 
Anybody been sick at, at all in their life as a believer? Come on now. Thankfully, he's our healer. But the reality is, he did bear our sins. He did bear our sicknesses on the cross. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to encounter trouble on this earth. Because he tells us we will. So, uh, again, if you've asked that question, well, he bore, our cur- he bore the curse of the law, so I can't be cursed. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Second, tithing is part of the law, and I'm not under the law, so I don't tithe. So is it okay to steal? Lie? Murder? Why? That's the law. That's the law. In fact, here, let me give you a visual. Um, Justin, give me your wallet, buddy. Yeah, it's a big one. So, since we're not under the law, it's okay if I take whatever money he's got in here. Look at this. He's got euros. We can travel the world with this wallet. That's great. So we can just take his money and that's okay, right? That's fine. I'm not under the law. That's cool. Thanks, my friend. We all know that's not okay, isn't it? An ordinary principle that we, a behavior that we put in our lives is we don't steal. We don't lie. We don't commit adultery, which is a struggle in our world today, isn't it? We don't covet our neighbor. Thanks, brother. So let's understand. (laughs) And the Bible says the law is good. The Bible says the law is holy. So these ordinary principles we need to understand are good for us. Tithing is good for us. So tithing is biblical. That's my second point. So tithing is a test, and tithing is biblical. Now, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of scripture, okay? Uh, so if you're taking notes, just write down the reference. You can go back and eat a little bit later, okay? Go back and study some more, read some more, pray some more. Uh, but I want to give you a whole bunch of scriptures. And uh, I want to help overcome maybe some thoughts that are in your head. One of them being, well, tithing is Old Testament. So let's, let's just kind of look, and let's look at the Old Testament. Let's look at tithing and where it's at, all right? So let's start in Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. Verses 18 through 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought brought out bread and wine. There's communion in the Old Testament, by the way. He was the priest of God most high, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, who is Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of, everyone say, all. All right, listen. This is Abram, Abraham, and Abraham is the father of Faith. He's the father of faith. Everything we know about faith, if he, read Hebrews 11 when you go home today. He's the father of faith. He, this, is, this is where it all, well, it began in Genesis, but this is, Abraham's where God really started to instill things. This is where Israel came out of. This is where the law came out of, right? This is pre-law. Abraham, or Abram, even before he got the name Abraham, tithed to Melchizedek. This was before the law, pre-law. 500 years before the law, by the way. Next week, next week I'll share with you 2,500 years before the law. There's two guys, Cain and Abel. One tithed and one didn't. Or one was received by the Lord and one wasn't. We'll talk about that next week. So tithing is before the law. This is an ordinary principle taught by Adam and Eve, obviously learned from by the Father. God obviously taught them. 
Adam and Eve passed it down to Cain and Abel. And here we go. Abraham is tied into Melchizedek, who is the high priest. Now, another fun teaching about Melchizedek, maybe another time. You know, this is, is he a type of Christ? Is he Jesus himself? I believe he's a type of Christ. But, uh, but he's the high priest, and that's, there wasn't a temple at this time. There wasn't even Israel at this time. And so, but Abram brought Melchizedek, the high priest, a tenth, which, by the way, Jesus is our high priest today. Genesis 28, 22. Here we go. Here's another one. And this stone, which I've set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. A tithe. A tenth. All right? This is before the temple. 400 years by, before the law, by the way. And they're still bringing tithes. And they're actually bringing it to stones or altars they're setting up because there's no, there's no tabernacle right now. Everything's portable. They're actually walking through life. And anytime God would show up, like in worship, maybe uh, like in that moment where I just shared in my life, we all have those moments. We have those memories that we have. And I'm so thankful that we have worship to kind of remind us of the goodness of God. But they would set up altars. They'd set up these, uh, these uh, moments to remember and they would bring a tent. This was their church. This is where they had church at that time. There was, again, there was no temple. There was no church. There was nothing like that. They were actually portable, moving around, setting up stones to remember God's blessings. And they would bring a tent to those memorials, to those places where God spoke to them, where they remembered. They'd bring it to the house of where they received from the Lord and they heard from the Lord. Again, 400 years before the law. Leviticus 27.30. So let's look at the law. And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the land of the tree, is the Lord's. Again, the emphasis would be, is the Lord's. And it's holy to the Lord. That's where the emphasis would be in the Hebrew. All of it is, is the Lord's. And we're to bring a tenth. It doesn't matter what your payment is, what your occupation, what your vocation is. At that time, it was seeds and crops and animals. And God had, look, bring it, bring it. The first fruits, bring your first crops to the Lord. Bring a tenth of your first fruits to the Lord. Or bring, if you had animals, bring your firstborn to the Lord, your firstborn male, you bring that to the Lord. Uh, but it's still a tithe. It's still a tenth. Remember, it's a test, but it's also biblical all the way through. This is an ordinary principle of behavior in our lives. Deuteronomy 26, verse 1 and 2, it says, And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God has given you, and put it in a basket, and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Go to his house, bring the tithe to his house, which is holy and set apart for the Lord. You bring it to him and worship him and thank him. Look, this has been the principle from day one. Deuteronomy 26, 13 through 15. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house, the set-apart tithe from my house, and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. According to your commandments, which you have commanded me, I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when I was in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for unclean use, nor given any of it to the dead, for I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy inhabitation from heaven and bless your people Israel and the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. And was God faithful to his promise? Yes, he was. And I love, I love this part of, in Deuteronomy where he says, Lord, I'm bringing you my tithe. Bless your holy people. Bless your holy nation, Israel. Look, they were all in. 
Now again, they went away from God and they stopped tithing and God reminded them in Malachi, but the ordinary principle is to honor God first with all of your first fruits, with everything God's given to you. You give, you bring the tithe to his house. You bring it, in our case, you bring it to the church that you worship, that you're fed at, that you receive from. You bring the tithe to his house. And that's where you bring it. That's where you give it. I don't believe that you take your tithe and you control it and disperse it where you want. I believe you bring it to the God and you give it by faith to him and you bring it to his house because that's what we see all through scripture. Now, again, John, that's all Old Testament. Yeah, 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 that was pre-law, but there's law. Well, what if I told you, what if Jesus said you ought to tithe? Would you tithe? Jesus himself, what if Jesus himself said you ought to, what if it was in red? (laughs) What if it was in red? Would you be all in if it was in red? Matthew 23, 23, here we go. Jesus speaking. Now look, we even put it in red for you. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of law, justice, mercy, and faith. Those you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. There you go, it's in red. Jesus said, you should tithe. You or they do tithe, is what he's saying. You do tithe. In fact, in those days, if they found even a, a crack in a sidewalk where there was growing an herb, like mint or something like that, and they, they would tithe on that. That's, that's how committed they were to the tithe. The Jews were committed to the tithe. Now, they were doing it in the wrong way. They were saying, look, hey, here's my tithe. Put it in the box, right? They're making it about them. Listen, this is about your heart. Everything God gives me, I thank him for what he's given to me. And you're like, well, John, that doesn't really say to tithe and read. Yes, it does. Read it. Said for they, he said, you, scri- you hypocrites, is first is what he says, which he's talking to people that are actually tithing. He's calling tithers hypocrites. Why? Because they're tithing, but they're not, they're not showing people grace and justice and mercy and faith. And Jesus said, hey, those you ought to have done, so you English majors are saying, John, he's not talking about tithing. He's talking about justice, mercy, and faith. Those you ought to have done. Is that what he's talking about? What should they have done? They should have given justice. They should have given mercy. They should have been given faith. That's why he called them a hypocrite. Is here you are tithing, but you're not showing them love. You're not showing them mercy. You're not showing them justice. He said, you should have done that and without leaving the others undone. So yes, tithe, and yes, show justice, and yes, show love, and yes, show mercy. Because you do one, it doesn't cover the other. So I got you both ways, you English majors, if you're saying, no, he's not talking about tithing. Because he says, don't, do, don't leave the other undone. You do them both. These are both ordinances. These are both ordinary principles in everyday behavior. We should be showing love and mercy and justice and grace just as our Lord has done. Just as our Lord has done. And yes, we should tithe as well. So there you go, it's in red. (laughs) Hebrews chapter seven, verse eight. Look at this, this is a really powerful verse. I was blown away the first time I ever saw this. It says, here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Think about that when you tithe today. Look, here's how we, we receive tithes at Westridge. Look, first and foremost, we receive 
uh, our blessing from the Lord in whatever fashion he gives that to you. And we thank God with bringing our tithes to his house. We bring it to the church. And by the way, I don't do any, I'm not asking you to do anything I don't do. I tithe, the elders tithe, the staff tithes. We lead by example as well. We want to make sure you know that. Uh, but we bring it to the house just like you do. Now, whether you write a physical check or you give online, look, the method doesn't matter. It's the heart that matters. But when you bring it, listen, listen to this. When you bring it, and our flesh says, you're giving it to mortal men. You ever thought about that? Well, I'm not sure where my money's going. I'm putting it in this box. And uh, I'll talk about that later. First and foremost, we, we, we steward well what you bring to God. And as a church, we want to make sure that we steward that well. I'll talk about that later. But here's the most important principle. When you put your tithe in the box or you give online, yes, you're giving it to his church, and there's, there's men and women that manage that. Look, I, I get all that, and we want to make sure we steward that the best we can. But here's what the Bible says. When you give that tithe, you're giving it to Jesus. He's actually receiving it in heaven. He's actually receiving it. No, he's not, he's not receiving physical money, but what is he receiving? Your faith and your worship. It's impossible to please God without faith. And when you tithe, you're tithing by faith. And when you tithe, he's receiving your worship and he's receiving your honor. He's receiving the respect that's due to him. And by the way, we have a God that's not dead. He's alive. Amen. And he's part of your life. He's part of every part of your life, including financially. So tithing is biblical. I gave you a lot of scriptures. Again, Genesis 14, 18 through 20. Genesis 28, 22. Those are both pre-law. Leviticus 27, 30. Deuteronomy 26, 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 26, 13, 15. Those are the law. Matthew 23, 23. Tithing in red. Awesome. Wahoo. Hebrews 7, 8. So you have, you have tithing in the Old Testament, pre-law, during the law, in the New Testament, and in Hebrews after Jesus resurrected from the grave. You have Paul writing about tithing as well. Now let me just say this, and we're going to talk about this next week some more. I believe next week is probably the most important message in this series. I think tithing means more to Jesus, more to Jesus than you think he does. Think about this. Jesus Christ was the Father's tithe to us. He gave his first and his best. And I'll tell you, it's a lot more than 10% that we give. But think about that. That was... His heart was given to us. His sacrifice was given to us. We didn't even ask for it. We didn't deserve it. While we were yet sinners, he gave his son for us. So there you go. Tithing is biblical. Here's the last thing. Tithing is a blessing. I just want to, I'm excited to share this with you because maybe I don't share this enough with you. But I just want to share uh, 2 Chronicles 31, 4 through 10. And I want to share a few things with you before we close. It says, moreover, he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support for the priests and the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord or ministry. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in an abundance of first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and all the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. And the children of Israel and Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, brought a tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of the holy things or uh, items they used, uh, which were consecrated or set apart for the Lord their God, they laid in heaps. And the third month, they began laying them in heaps, and they finished in the seventh month. And when Hezekiah and the leaders, the church leadership, or the leadership of Israel at that time, came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people Israel. The Hezekiah, then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps, and Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, 
We had enough to eat and had plenty left, for the Lord has blessed his people, and what is left is this great abundance. And I love that because Hezekiah lived in a time where he restored a lot of things that was taken away or broken. And Hezekiah restored worship, he restored uh, the tithe, he restored uh, feast, he restored a lot of things that had went away. And here's what I love about this verse in Chronicles was, uh, because the people were honoring the Lord and all that they had, they began to see ministry happen. They began to see people saved. Now, let me, let me be very clear. Does salvation cost you anything? It's free, isn't it? It's a gift. How about freedom? It's a gift. Well, I'm not talking about freedom, soldiers. I'm talking about the freedom of Christ. What about being set free from bondage? Does that cost you anything? No, Jesus does that instantly for you, doesn't he? Salvation's instant for you. Healing is instant for you. There's no price that you pay for that. There's a price Jesus paid. But let me tell you what God is doing here on the earth. When you give a tithe, when you put it in the box here at Westridge, when you give a tithe to the Lord, and you're giving it to the Lord, by the way, but our leadership and us, we do, we do take those ties and we do steward them well. Look, we'll be held accountable to how we spend our money here as a church, and I want you to know that, and it's important for you to know that. But I'm so thankful that the vision that God's given to this church, the vision that God's given to Westridge, and, and look, you guys, so many of you are part of that vision. You're on board with what God is telling us to do. But every time you tithe, look, and I'm not saying this because we're short on money. In fact, the elders and I have never had this conversation ever in a meeting, ever. Have we said, well, you need to talk about tithe because we're a little short? Never. God has blessed us. We're doing well financially. It's not about that. You know what it is about? Is that each one of us are seeing the hand of God in our lives, that each one of us are blessed by God, that each one of us are trusting God in every area of our lives, that we're a people, a church, a body, that we encourage one another. Yes, keep taking the steps. I don't care whether it's tithing, whether it's salvation, whether it's being set free from bondage, whether you're struggling in your marriage. Look, all of us need the heart of God in our lives. But in this area of tithing, there's something supernatural that happens in your life that until you take that step, until you take that step, look, God says, test me. Test, I want to take the test. Test me. Try me out in this. See how well I do on the test. Trust me, you want to be sitting next to Jesus when you take a test. A man is always right. Always right. And he's saying, look, you can, you can trust me. When I ask you to tithe, you can trust me. Bring it to my house. Bring it to your church. Look, if you don't go to church here and you go to another church, and that's your home church, that's where you bring your tithe to. Now, offerings are another thing. We'll talk about that another day. But tithe, you're bringing that to God and you're bringing that to the house that you receive from, that you're, that you're eating from. How many of you have ate a great meal and walked out? Anybody? No, well, not purposely, hopefully. Right? When you eat a good meal, you pay the bill, don't you? A lot of believers will eat and they won't tithe. Listen, there's so much that God is doing in this church, and I'm so proud of you as a church. You know, last week, if you weren't here last with us last week, we had a, one baptism signed up, right? Water baptism, it was exciting, and, uh, and I think he's here today. He, but there he is in the back, so proud of you, Josh. That was awesome. But then two more people spontaneously wanted to be baptized, and it's just as exciting as Josh's, but I love 
This is what I love about being in the presence of God is when the Holy Spirit's speaking, when you respond, God just does amazing things in us, miracles in us. When we obey and we take these steps of faith, three people got water baptized. We had uh, five kids get dedicated that day. Children dedicated to the Lord because that's what the Lord tells us to do. We dedicate our children to the Lord and his service. And God is gonna use these kids this week in Awaken. I'm just, I'm telling you these things because I want you to know when you give a tithe, you're, first and foremost, you're giving it to Jesus. You're not, you're not giving it to the church or to me specifically, but when you give it to the church, I want you to know that the vision and mission that God has given this church is thriving. Miracles are happening every day, and this is what it's about. Every time you give, we're seeing God do miracles in people. We're seeing people be saved. We're people, seeing people be set free. In fact, we, we just started uh, Ridge Pantry this year, and last week we saw 30 families come and use the pantry, the most ever, 30 families. And that, look, it's not free, it costs. But I don't care what it costs. I don't care. We're going to meet their physical needs and we're going to show them a God that loves them through meeting their physical needs and we're going to introduce them to someone that could give them eternal and abundant life. Look, yes, it costs something, but look, it's worth the sacrifice. It's worth the cost. When you give, that's where your money's going. That's, we're investing in young people. Awaken, we're building a youth center right now that's almost a million dollars. Why? Because we believe in teenagers. Nobody is investing in teenagers like the church should. Well, vaping industries are. But you know what? The church should be investing in today's young people. And this week, we had our fall kickoff right here, uh, right here at the church here. Uh, We had a big kickoff. We had 33 kids come. And guess what? Four, four raised their hand to receive Christ or recommit their lives to Christ. Look, and that's what it's about. And I could go, I could tell, share miracle after miracle after miracle what God's doing. So you need to know, you need to know if this is your church and look, you're tithing to the Lord. You're bringing back what's his and you're, look, let's keep it about your heart. That's what it's all about. But I want you to know as a church, we're all in. I don't care what it costs. We want to see every person saved. Every person in our community saved. That's what we want. That's our desire. Whatever that cost is, we'll keep going. Are we perfect? No, we may make mistakes. But again, we are uh, focused on following God with all of our hearts and being good stewards of all that God's given to you. So you need to know every time you give, we're being a good steward of what God's given to us. We're doing our best to steward it and save and help and bless as many people as possible. I can't tell you how many families we've helped with utility bills, whatever it may be. When they ask for help, uh, we do our best to help as much as we can. We set money aside to do that. We tithe as a church our biggest budget and our, and our line item goes out of this church and to other missionaries all over the world. It's our biggest line item. It'll be $72,000 this year. Then we take another percentage over that and we set that aside to give above our tithe to say, hey, there's going to be people that need help. It's helping the Ridge Pantry right now. And we set that aside purposely to say, Holy Spirit, when you want us to give, we're ready to give. But I want you to know the church tithes as well. We support missionaries all over the planet. Tithing is a blessing. It's so amazing what God does. And it's worth our sacrifice. It's worth seeing people saved and water baptized and children. What a blessing children are. What's happening in North Country and Element right now. What the kids are experiencing. Every time we do XP and we have 100 kids show up, it's such a blessing. 
Let me show you more visual and then we'll close with this. And I should be closing up right now. So do you mind if I do one more visual? All right, give me three guys. Come, make it quick. Give me three guys. And it, look, this isn't a... Give me three guys. Come on, one, two, three. Let's go. There we go. Dave, buddy. What's your name? Come on up. Cliff, come on up, Cliff. All right. Cliff, I'm going to have you stand over here. You'll see why in a second. Dave, you got big shoulders. You stay right here. Okay, all right. All right, I'm just, and this is a hypothetical, so please don't take this as literal, okay? Because you'll be disappointed. <laughs> I just want to give you a hypothetical situation, but it's going to make a point here in a second. Uh, if I was to go away for quite some time, and I'm not going away, by the way, but let's say I was to go away for a year or two, for whatever reason, the Lord told me to go somewhere, uh, I would want to make sure my bride was taken care of. I would want to make sure Jen's taken care of. And so if that was the case, I would choose these three guys. And I want to make sure Jen's taken care of. And I'm not going to funnel that through you guys. I mean, of course, I'm going to talk to my wife. But at the end of the day, I'm going to send you $10,000, hypothetically, (laughs) a month, $10,000 a month, $10,000 a month, $10,000 a month. And out of that $10,000 each month, I want you to take the first portion of it and give it to my wife. So in biblical tithe, it'd be how much? A thousand dollars. So ten thousand, ten thousand, ten thousand, but I want you to give a thousand to my bride. And then the rest I want you to steward well, but you can manage it however you like. But I want you to steward it well, but it's yours. So I just want you to take care of my wife. So if I was gone for a long period of time, and of course I would call my wife and say, Hey, how are you doing, hon? Are you doing well? Are you taken care of? And, and she said, Yeah, this, you know, they're taking care of me, so I appreciate it. And uh, you know, she'd be sharing, you know, Cliff, every, every month, first day of the month, that $1,000, like clockwork, he's, he brings it to me, and he brings it with a smile, and he's so happy to give it. And I'm like, Well, that's great, hon. I'm, I'm so thankful, so, so thankful. And then Buddy, Buddy, same thing. He comes the same time every month, but he brings two thousand. I'm like, well, why is he bringing two thousand? I didn't ask him to bring two thousand. She said, I don't know, but he brings two thousand. And I'm like, well, that's a blessing. Well, I'm I'm so glad. Uh, and and what about Dave? Well, Dave hasn't brought me anything. <laughs> Hypothetical. I know your I know your hearts, but big shoulders. He can make it. He hasn't brought me anything. I'm like, what do you mean he hasn't brought me anything? He said. He, he just has kept it all. He hasn't brought anything. And I'm like, okay. Now, this is a hypothetical, but, and, you know, I know Jen, she would say, but, but he's bringing twice as much. So it all pans out. It all equals out, right? Yeah. What's that? That goes back to the thing, you know, like, even if you, t- like, one, one hand doesn't wash the other, but the... Right. Sure. You give without, yeah. So let me, let me just put this out there. Let's look at this kind of from a kingdom perspective. If God said, I want you to bring your first to me, I want you to tithe. And we had this situation, again, this is hypothetical, but you know, Cliff brought his tithe and Buddy brought double tithe and Dave wasn't tithing. Where would you funnel the kingdom resources to? Where would they go? Would you keep giving to Dave? It's not that you don't love Dave. It's not that God doesn't have grace for Dave and it's not that, but the resources would shift over here, right? The talents. They would go over here. All I care about in this hypothetical conversation is I want my bride to be taken care of. I just want to make sure my wife is taken care of. And if Dave won't do that, then I'm going to pull my resources over here to make sure my bride's cared for. She deserves to be cared for.
Now let me put it in a kingdom perspective. One of the reasons why Jesus tells you to bring a tithe is that your heart is set on him. But secondly, that his bride's taken care of. Because who's the bride of Christ? The church. That's right. So here's an easy visual to understand that Jesus loves you. He loves the whole world. But let me tell you something. It's the church that's going to live for all eternity. And while you're on earth, he wants to make sure the bride's taken care of. So thank you guys. Give them a big hand fire. So. Dave and Buddy and Cliff, I promise you I'm not sending you 10000 a month. I'll take care. I'll take care of my wife. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Why don't you stand your feet? I want to pray for you. All right, let me just say this. I don't want, look, if you're here today and you're not tithing, please, 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 I don't want you to feel like there's condemnation from me because there's no condemnation. But I'm encouraging and challenging you to say, this will be a blessing. It's a test. Whether you're there or not, look, I just want you to ask God. Just take a moment and ask Him. And again, there's areas that you may be doing really well at that I'm not. And if that area was prevalent to me, and I and look, there's, there's many of you that I talk to. Some of you are just much better at encouragement than I am. But I, And honestly, this is an area that I struggle with. Is I need to be better at encouraging. Be better at lifting up. But the reality is, is God, I want your heart. Jesus, I want your heart. Jesus, I want to be able to, when life is crucifying me, to stand there and say, God, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I want to have that kind of heart. And so, look, if you're here today and you haven't made that step of tithe, all I want you to do is just talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Look, at some point, like many of us, like myself, I had to trust. I had to test God. God, he says, test me. And I had to say, okay, God, I'm going to test you. So I just want to encourage you to try, try. Maybe it's today. Maybe it's not, but I just want you to know the hand of God, God still loves you. But if you're feeling that conviction, then just talk to the Holy Spirit about it and ask him what he wants you to do. Maybe you have to shift some things around. Look, it doesn't matter. There's a blessing when you begin to tie. There's a blessing that only God can give you when you do that. And so I just want to challenge you as your pastor. I'd be, I, it would be a disservice to you if I did not challenge you in this area. So let me pray for you. Let me pray for every one of you. And let's just open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Lord, if I need to take this step in tithing, if, Lord, I hear you saying, test me. Lord, if that's you out there, Lord, then, then Lord, speak to them specifically. What do you want them to do? And Lord, if you're speaking to any one of us about anything at all, Holy Spirit, we're open. We want your heart. And Jesus, we're so thankful for your shed blood, your sacrifice on the cross. Lord, I love that we got to come around and have remembrance and take Holy Communion with you. Lord, although that happened thousands of years ago, it's happening every day. Your body, that broken body thousands of years ago is still saving people, still healing people, still setting people free, still speaking life into people. The abundant life that you promised is still happening. The shed blood of Christ is still cleansing sins today. So Jesus, thank you that you're never changing. You're always the same and you're always faithful to us and we love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, let's worship. Let's worship.